yet another episode of Beyond the Present podcast. My name is Daniel Mulgan, and today we are discussing what Socrates called the ultimate purpose of life, which is the achievement of happiness. But about happiness, a lot of the times we're quite confused about what it really means to be happy. What is happiness after all? Is it that feeling you have when you're on your vacation? Is it the feeling you have when you know you're being loved? Is it the feeling you have when you make a lot of money or you win something crazy? Or perhaps that feeling you have when you simply just feel good about yourself and you feel very accomplished. Well, technically speaking, happiness is all of those things because happiness is not actually one thing. This is, you know, the major, uh, you know, blocking issue for most of us is that we don't understand that happiness actually isn't just one thing. There are actually three types of happiness in the world and for humanity in general that we tend to experience, but we can't quite, you know, point our fingers at which one we're experiencing at any one time. But today, hopefully in this program, you will learn those three main types of happiness and that allows you to then plan your life so that you can actually achieve more of that happy experience that you want in your life. So what are these three types of happiness? The first type is called the pleasure type of happiness. The second one is called the flow type of happiness. And the third one is called the meaning type of happiness. So let me just, you know, explain all these three for you one by one to understand which type of happiness you tend to experience more than the other. The simplest and most primitive form of happiness is what we call the pleasure type of happiness. That's the feeling that you have when you enjoy your favorite meal or you rest and you chill, or perhaps the feeling that you have when you're having a lot of pleasant experiences in your life on a physical level. That pretty much sums up the whole pleasant type of happiness. It's generally a very comfortable type of feeling. You're experiencing that uh, usually through the experiences that your body goes through emotionally and hormonally as you experience more and more pleasure. The second type, the flow type, is the type of happiness that oftentimes is misunderstood but usually leads to the most uh, perhaps happy experiences in your life in terms of their quality and quantity. And what are they exactly? Think of the last time you were fully absorbed in one task, whether it was to perhaps work on your resume, whether it was to play your most favorite video game, or you're watching that movie and you were like fully in that zone and you were fully with the characters. Maybe the time you were playing the piano or uh, on the field when you were running or exercising or playing soccer. Essentially, the flow type of happiness is a sense that you somehow lose yourself. So in that condition, the sense of self disappears and all is left is you and that activity. So you no longer feel yourself anymore and you are fully absorbed in that task. Now, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, the famous author who wrote the book Flow, actually made this very popular in the world of positive psychology. And now there have been many uh, different types of uh, researchers done in this field to fully understand what flow really is and why it is so addictive, actually, in nature, because it truly brings about a very unique type of happiness. While the pleasant type of happiness, the pleasure type of happiness, can actually get boring pretty quickly, I and mean, you can only enjoy your favorite black chocolate so much, or you can only enjoy getting a massage for so many minutes or hours, or enjoy perhaps watching, I don't know, something that you really find pleasant to the eyes. These are the things that will make you feel pleasant uh, you know, emotions. And on a, neuro- on a neurological level, you're actually having a lot of pleasure. But 
those types of neuromessages tend to get old pretty quickly and you somehow get used to them pretty quickly. That's why after, you know, your third uh, bar of chocolate, you just don't feel so much desire to go for the fourth. You just, you've had enough. That's enough. On the other hand, flow is a little bit different, and that's what makes it a little bit addictive in that you can be in this sort of flow for many hours, sometimes days, weeks on end, if you are, let's say, one of those crazy authors or inventors or entrepreneurs back in the garage working on your next big thing. So in those situations, you might actually literally live a very abnormal life for days, weeks, uh, trying to come with your next big thing, you know, big, big thing, and you know, you're you somehow feel inside of that, you know, experience, and you just stop following with your normal, regular life. That is called flow, and you can actually experience flow on a much, much longer term basis compared to pleasure, and that is, of course, the type that a lot of us we call happiness when we are trying to talk about our, you know, jobs or our lives and so on. Now, let's look at the third type of happiness, which is called a meaning type of happiness. You see, one of our deepest desires as human beings is to believe that our lives matter and that it leads to something bigger. That's precisely why throughout history we have created so many rituals and cultures and religions and uh, traditions in order to create and develop that sense of meaning whether it was to dance around the fire or to create our gods and worship them or to create our routines surrounding our traditional practices and to believe that they really matter or simply through our relationships and how much they mean to us. Humanity has created so many of these traditions in order to preserve that sense of meaning. And the reason is we need it. Whenever meaning disappears, all other types of happiness tend to gradually disappear as well, and people usually end up engaging in routine, monotonous, or occasionally addictive behavior to fill that empty hole inside of them. And that's, of course, very unhealthy, which is why the third type of happiness is actually called the most important type of happiness that can get you through almost all obstacles. You see, the people who commit suicide, the people who give up on their goals, and they succumb to negativity, and they somehow lose their hope are oftentimes the people who have the least amount of meaning in their lives. So in these tough moments, when it's impossible to have pleasures, let's say, you know, you're stuck in a place and you don't have any food or water for a while, or maybe you're experiencing, you know, rough couple of nights because of your delays or whatever it is. So once that pleasure goes out, and at the same time, you're not able to experiencing a lot of, you know, flow because you're not engaged in very meaningful activities that are quite fun for you, at that time, the people who lack that sense of purpose are the ones who succumb to negativity first and would actually do some crazy stuff or even take their own lives because that meaning is like an on or off switch. It's either on and when it's on, it's on all the time or it is off. And when it is off, you then do nothing but to try to create that you know, uh, sense of uh, meaning by filling that hole with other things, which oftentimes tend to fail in the long run. So why do I believe that the third type of happiness is the most important is because when you see people living lives with a very strong sense of purpose and meaning, oftentimes they can actually accomplish a lot of great goals that they would have never thought possible. And most of the time, we look at these people and it's like, how could they do that? How could they persist with that goal at that age for that long without giving up? Because 
you really know we are somehow uh, wired to believe that if it doesn't feel good, we shouldn't do it, right? So if I have an idea and I try to sell it, I need to you know somebody else, and they say no a couple of times, I should probably give it you know at a point and say you know what that's too much for me right now. I should stop. But the fact of the matter is that when you have a great sense of purpose, you are no longer going to react so negatively to the removal of pleasure or flow in your environment. So when you hear no from a client or a loved one, when you get rejected or your ideas fail, you tend to experience a lot of pain. And your brain wants to avoid pain and have as much pleasure as possible. So in that situation, when you hear the no, you are no longer receiving that ple- you know, pleasant feeling of, yeah, I got it, I got a yes. So the brain loses the first type of happiness instantly. Now, at the same time, some people who can, you know, not have that pleasure, they switch to the second mode, which is flow. They get focused on understanding and analyzing why they failed or why the client said no and so on. And they create that sense of flow. So the engine of happiness keeps running on its second engine, which, as we said, was the flow. But then again, life isn't perfect. There are going to be some times when it gets sick and your brain can't fully process the details and intricate aspects of that process, or you simply don't really feel very well or capable of thinking deeply to have that flow experience because the flow experience puts a huge demand on your brain and nervous system. So if you're, let's say, tired or sick or upset, you probably can't have a lot of flow experiences either because your brain simply cannot keep up with that demand that flow puts on your nervous system. So boom, the second engine, like, like, you know, like an airplane uh, that has only three engines. So the first engine of pleasure and you know pleasant experiences, boom, is out. The second one now is flow, boom, is now out. So in that situation, your best bet and your strongest engine yet to happiness is that sense of purpose and meaning. Why? Because that engine of happiness will remain on even if you are not experiencing a lot of pleasure. Let's say you've lost all your money and now you're homeless. Let's say you are doing things that are way below your capacity because you're homeless. So let's say you know you used to be an entrepreneur, you know, out and about. And now, because of, you know, one wrong decision, you lost all of your money. And now you're a couple million dollars under debt. So you are now no longer living in your cool house and you don't have your cool friends around you. So now life gets a little bit, you know, very uninteresting. And you have to do things that will not necessarily generate a lot of flow. Things like get a place to sleep or have some food. So the brain says like, oh my, I can't have any pleasure. I can't have any flow, but I have a purpose. And my purpose is to realize my potential and help my loved ones to live the best lives they possibly can. So I need to keep pushing. And oftentimes in those moments, these people these exceptional individuals keep pursuing their goals despite all these temporary you know, shortcomings and they seem to not lose their motivation and they're still up and running and engaged and they don't complain so much because they are experiencing the third type of happiness which allows them to keep pushing forward. Which is why today I'm actually encouraging you to build your life you know, exactly in the opposite direction. So think of the, you know, the, uh, the, the Maslow pyramid of uh, basically, uh, you know, human mind, which we have used to create what matters and what doesn't. So if you look at that, you know, Maslow pyramid, you realize that we should first focus on the most basic needs and then go further up the ladder. Well, if you really want to have a happy life, I recommend you to use that 
Maslow pyramid in an upside fashion, meaning instead of focusing first on the pleasure type of happiness, the basic types of happiness, or even concerning yourself so much with the flow experiences in life, focus first on the purpose and meaning, because that will then lay the foundation to a long, happy life where you tend to keep pushing forward, even if the situation tends to be very unattractive or even downright painful at a moment. Because the good news is this. If you have a clear sense of purpose as to why you should do what you want to do, then the chances are you will not back off when you're engaged in boring or stressful activities. As you probably know, flow stands in between too much stress or too much boredom. So let's say you're you know, doing your stuff and you're building a new business or you're getting a new education or you're doing something new. And there are probably going to be a lot of things that are either too boring to do or too stressful to do, right? So you don't get a lot of flow out of those experiences, but you know that you need to do them to achieve your goals. In this situation, if you have a you know, clear sense of meaning and purpose, you will then tolerate losing that flow type of happiness and obviously tend to delay those pleasure types of happiness. We call this delayed gratification because you believe in your mission and in your cause and you will actually keep pushing. So now that we know these three types of happiness and we understand their priorities in terms of their importance with the purpose type of happiness being the most important, flow the second, and of course, pleasure the last, how do we create a life where we have all three in that specific order? The first thing, of course, is to understand that when it comes to meaning and purpose, there are two major elements, the relation to yourself and the relation to the outside world. And both are important to create a meaningful life. You see, you can't have a meaningful life just living for yourself. That's the first thing. They say life isn't about me, it's about we. And people who tend to be very self-obsessed or self-serving oftentimes experience a lot of unhappiness. And that's not a, you know, a random occurrence. It has clear reasons because the human body and mind is designed not to survive just for its own sake because we all know that we are mortal and we're going to die at some point. So we have this huge inner desire to contribute to, you know, to the outside world and to leave something behind, right? For that reason, if you want to build a life of purpose and meaning, create a life where you value things like contribution, and adding value to the outside world, not living just for yourself. For example, think about somebody who makes money by building things or helping others or adding some sort of tangible value to life. And think of somebody who makes money by just, you know, doing random stuff like day trading or doing things that do not necessarily add value to the lives of their people. But, you know, let's say you're a gambler you're a day trader, I don't know, let's say you are someone who tends to make money illegally by selling drugs or doing, you know, things that are actually illegal. So in this situation, you might be able to make a lot of money, but you rarely experience happiness and your life is going to be very addictive in nature because you are not making that money by adding value to the lives of others. You're just, you know, doing it for yourself. And people who live like this tend to feel very unhappy in the long term and make very bad decisions in the end end up losing everything they've earned. For that reason, try to build a life knowing that it is, you know, your genetic programming to want to contribute to something bigger than yourself. Some do it through religion. 
some do through, you know, arts and music, some do through, through having a family or having children. The choice is entirely yours. Nobody should, you know, should, tell, should tell you what you should be doing to have that sense of meaning. But ultimately, create a life where it's focused on helping others in some way. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about being a, you know, being a martyr and giving away all you have to others. That's not the right way to do it either. You're not also supposed to help everyone. Not everyone in this world deserves your help or positive cooperation. Some people are really mean. Some people are not very cooperative. They are actually bad people. So when I say contribute, you know, try to contribute to other people, I don't mean like you have to literally become a martyr and say, okay, I want to give all I have to everybody around me, no matter what, how they treat me. No, there, some people don't deserve, uh, you know, your help and your assistance. So for those types, you put them aside, no problem. But you can always, if you look around, find a lot of people, which by the way are the majority of people around you anyways, because those bad guys and bad apples, they're always a small number of the people around you. They're the minorities. The majority of people around you, if you look deep inside, you realize most people around you are actually very nice, good people. And in that situation, all you have to do is to simply try to contribute to their lives, to create that sense of meaning and purpose. And of course, while at it, Understand that you want to have and set a lot of goals because having goals in life gives you a clear sense of direction and meaning. So don't live casually. Set goals and ideally write those goals down on a piece of paper with a deadline to know exactly what you're aiming at and to create that sense of meaning. The second type, of course, is flow. What is flow? Flow is that sense of being absorbed in a task. To have flow experiences, you must do things that you find interesting and relevant to you, and they are at a specific level of difficulty that is neither too easy nor too difficult to do. So whatever task you want to do, if you feel like it's a little bit too difficult to do, why not first improve your skills or ask for someone's help to make this process more flow-based? If it's too boring, why not, you know, try to up the ante and make it a little bit harder? That is the art of living. Choosing goals and tasks that are just above your reach, not too much to become very frustrating and not so easily within the comfort zone. So create that lifestyle where the goals you're aiming at are generally slightly above and outside of your current abilities. And this is gonna give you a lot of flow experiences in life, whether it's in your education, whether it is in your work and business, in your you know lifestyle, sports, athletics, doesn't really matter. You always wanna push it a little bit further than your comfort zone to have a lot of flow experiences because of course, that is also very important. And the last one, well, that one's pretty easy, but it's also very important. I am not a monk. I don't like necessarily monks who, you know, uh, deprive themselves of all the pleasures the world has to offer. So do not be a monk. Instead, try to embrace as much, you know, pleasure as you are entitled to, of course, within the confines of law and moderation to you know, give you that sense of pleasure. Why not? You're alive only once. Why not have a very good massage or enjoy beautiful scenery as you're traveling in, in the countryside or, you know, have your most favorite, basically, uh, dish cooked by your most favorite chef. Whatever pleasure means to you, try to have as much of it as long as, of course, it is moderate and does not harm you in any way, shape, or form. You can actually combine all these three, the pleasure, the flow, and, of course, the sense of meaning to have a life of happiness and to really enjoy what life has to offer. All right, guys, I hope that you found this short talk to be useful. Understand that happiness is what we do, everything that we do. And if you ignore these three types of happiness, eventually you will feel like, 
What's the point of it all? Why am I here anyways? And you start asking those stupid questions that oftentimes unhappy, depressed people ask. And the reason they ask those questions is because they have forgotten to do their homework. They have forgotten to create meaning in their lives. They have forgotten to generate goals that are exactly at the right level that allows them to experience flow. And of course, they are depriving themselves of a lot of healthy pleasures that are available to them as human beings. Once you combine these three, then you will not ask those questions. You will instead enjoy your life, you'll be very happy, and ideally, you will share that with other people so they also can enjoy a happy, fulfilling life. That's all the time we have for. My name is Daniel Morgan, and this was Beyond the Present Podcast.